0: Welcome to Mox TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, we've a special podcast talking about all things from the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yes, it's a spiritual journey to the home of television in all its forms, the US of A. Hold me.
1: Since the dawn of
0: time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV,
1: what to watch, how to watch. Who's watching what? Free to wear
0: this, VPN that, plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Malk's TV Talk, the podcast with your host, Steve Malk. Joining me this week, he's a television analyst for Forbes, a writer for Screen Rant, someone who shares my devoted love of podcasting. You may know him from the retweets of his articles I offer in my timeline, or that guy that Google checks stuff at the TOEFOP 200th gig. It's Australian TV royalty, Meryl Barr. I'm royalty? Yeah, man. I Everybody be that comes on this
1: show is royalty. I disagree. <laughs> I amazingly disagree with being royalty. I should not be royalty because I would give really weird orders to people like you, pet the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a proper television show. You give me a show I like and keep it on the air with no reasoning. I mean, (laughs) I like how you say the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's more like the land of the privatized and the home of the who gives a shit. (laughs) 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 That's what it feels like. when it comes to American TV, sometimes it's sometimes you watch a show and you go like, no one gave a shit while making this. And then there are times you go, man, man, is our industry fucked? Like, I can curse again, right? I, I can yeah. yeah. So, and by the way, it's wonderful to be on a podcast that I'm not also producing. <laughs> and no, I haven't made this joke to Steve before or anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it still works, man. Um. So, okay. Why am I here? Well, Merrill, you
0: I have some of the best credentials uh and the most available person that I could get to talk to Let's about Let's be
1: honest, it's mostly the latter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to talk to about American TV. Now, there are such, better options than me. There are well, very few I have to say. You're a very knowledgeable man. Uh, uh American TV is something that we Australians have seen a lot of. We've had a lot of it shipped across the pond to us over the years, Sorry but about we that. haven't really understood the way the, the 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 American television mechanism works. Did we steal uh, a I couple thought,
1: reality shows from you guys? Man,
0: reality goes both ways, though.
1: Yeah, but I think I, I'm pretty sure we stole. Wasn't Dancing with the Stars yours first?
0: I think it was the UKs. They had it as Strictly Come Dancing or something like that. Okay. And we transformed the format into Dancing with the Stars. That and
1: they, we had America's Got Talent. That you turned to Australia's Got Talent, or that yeah, would be the. But, other?
0: Okay. No, no, that that would be right. But then everybody's. Go, I think maybe you, Britain's Got Talent was
1: first. It's always the Brits. The Brits come up with all the. There was Britain Idol. It's there Simon
0: Cow, man, that guy's yeah. a monster.
1: He's like he's like um Gordon Ramsay for reality competition shows. <laughs>
0: Except he doesn't swear as much, and we wish he did.
1: Oh, he told you know that he swears. They just don't show it. You oh, know yeah, that Simon Cowell swears.
0: He wouldn't be going out and dropping the the f bomb and the. <laughs> You know, the you guys you know, and the things. I watched,
1: I watched the UK. You know, everyone told me the UK version of Kitchen Nightmares had a lot more swearing in it, but I watched it and I strongly disagree. I think the American version has way more swearing. I think it depends the,
0: on the series. The early ones didn't. The later ones, he just let go.
1: In the British version? In the British mm. version? I didn't see a lot of the British version, but the ones I saw didn't have a lot of swearing in them. Um, okay, but wait. So you get a lot of our TV.
0: Yeah, we so. get a ton of your TV. We've grown up on a lot of it, but we don't really understand how the American television machine works. Like, neither do we.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this should I'll be tell a great right hour now, conversation. We don't. A lot of us. A lot of us don't understand. Like, it's it's a the best way I can describe the American TV machine, as you put it. The best word to probably describe it is messy. Yeah, it's extremely messy because. It is except for one station it is 100% privatized. Yes. It is not run by the government. The government regulates the government regulates five stations content in the United States or maybe a little more than that, but only only in terms of but it's not like they regulate programming, they just regulate these are the rules. For what you can Mm -hmm. and can't show between these time periods, and this is the rule; these are the rules you have to follow as far as technology goes for how you broadcast it. But that only qualifies to five stations. Everything else is completely and even those five stations are still privatized; they are not government run. This
0: is a good way to start in, I guess. So, explain to us the premise because what's this basic cable,
1: cable broadcasting, free-to-air television? How does that work for you guys? It used to be there were three. Subsections of TV, but now I'm going to say there's four. Yeah, there's what well, well, well online most people call it network television. I call it broadcast television because to me network is another thing. Sure. Broadcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it broadcast television in this podcast. Broadcast television are 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 what started television for us back in the 50s. Then mm-hmm. originally this started as CBS, ABC, and NBC. Uh, in the 80s, this was expanded to Fox. And then yep. during the 80s, 90s, this was turned, this expanded to the UPN and WB. And then in the mid 2000s, the UPN and WB merged to create the CW. So those make up your five primary entertainment stations. Along with that, you have a bunch of random affiliates. And then you have uh, one station called, uh, one random station called Ion. They used to be a, a station called PAX. There's yep. another random one called. Um, uh, My Network TV, which is the leftover, which are the leftover affiliates, and I can get into the whole affiliates whole other thing. But the left, it was leftover local stations that comprised the UPN when they mm-hmm. merged. Basically, when UPN and W merger happened, every region suddenly lost a an, affi- an affiliate, lost its lost its reason to exist because you only needed one for the CW. And so an the ones angel that, lost its wings, right? So the ones that were left over be- were turned into a thing called My Network TV, which is owned by. The people at Fox, yes, and then uh, there's another one called PBS, which is which is which is partially government funded and okay. partially funded by by donation, and that's where Sesame Street and a lot of our, comes from, and a lot of how we get a lot of our British programming oh, is okay. through that network. Um, so those are your main. So those networks, what makes them different from the others, is they are what is they're all accessible for free with an antenna. You don't need to get cable or satellite to watch them.
0: Oh, okay. If you get cable, you do get them as well, though. If you, you get
1: cable or satellite, you do still get them. And in fact, you do get the money, probably a better signal, except now, like once everything switched to digital broadcast as opposed to analog, the signals pretty much got pretty damn strong. If you had a, as long as your antenna was on your roof and not somewhere stupid, (laughs) you pretty much, which there, sometimes you don't have much choice if you live in like an apartment building, but typically you got a pretty good signal. Once everyone, I think on digital, you got a pretty damn good signal. When you're on analog, everything kind of sucked. But yeah, if you have cable, satellite, you still get those stations and you'll get your local station. So, like, if you're in New York and you watch CBS, you'll get CBS two, which is the New York affiliate. If you're in LA, it's actually also two, and then other parts of the country, it could be channel thirty two. Whatever your local affiliate is, your cable system will set it up so that channel's is the same on cable and on regular broadcast. Um, so that's that's broadcast. So that's one thing. So the, and the yeah. reason that the reason I say the reason it's important to keep in mind that it's free over the air is. Those are the only stations the government can actually regulate content on. In terms of, like, you can't, cur- you can't say these swear words, you can't, mm-hmm. show- you can't show any nudity, or you can only show bare ass, if anything, um, and it has to be after 9 p.m. Like, those are all our rules, and that's g- governed by a body in the United States government called the FCC. Okay. The FCC is what controls our radio, our tele, anything broadcasts over the air. And a couple other electronic things are like walkie talkies and radio and all that stuff. Any communications yep. device that broadcasts over the air is governed by the FCC, as well as other communication devices. And we'll, it will, that will come into play later. So that's broadcast. Um, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there was a new thing cropping pro- up called cable. Yes. C- and now cable was originally important because all these companies basically said, well, if we start, if we run the lines ourselves, we can give people access to more, a broader range of content. And Mm -hmm. you you would pay a monthly subscription. And originally it was, it was, they were all commercial free. And eventually they started adding advertising into it. And what's important there to keep in mind about cable and about satellite is they are not, Regulated by the FCC, content-wise, they have their own standards. And pr- every station has a standards and practices. That's sure. why. That's why. uh For FX shows, no one says the c-word, because they, but they're making that decision. That's not the government coming down. Like they can say it. They if just they choose would. not to. They choose not to.
0: How, how they, do they? How is that the case when America is such a regulated joint? And uh, you know, like you said, the broadcast networks all have. A bunch of broadcast rules to work under, like Australia does in the same way. But why is cable exempt from those things?
1: Because it's not broadcast over the air.
0: Because so it's paid it, for. You have to pay pa- to get it. It's
1: paid for. It is not bro- It's it's not used It's not using government. Tech- See the thing about broadcast when it started was all those towers that were sending out those signals were originally built by the government yeah. uh, during the Cold War. Oh, okay. Uh, To uh, you know, so that we could all keep in touch with each other. So, like, if a nuke, this is how the internet started too. If (laughs) if a nuke, if they they created it to operate like the phone system, where the reason your phone can, the way a phone call works is it tries to, your phone tries to find the direct, the most direct line to the person you're talking to. Yes. So originally, the idea was if you if you nuke the middle of the country you can still make a call because it will just reroute to a different area in the country through a different sure. set of wires to get to the other side of the country. And that was essentially the premise behind the internet and the premise behind all communication. Um, so the government realized that there was a potential to uh, for businesses to get in and be like, we can use this technology. So that's how radio started. That's how – and that's how uh, television – because television started off – all almost every broadcast television – Station, particularly the big three, uh, being CBS, NBC, and ABC, started as radio stations. They were all radio broadcasters, and then they got into TV because they could use the same towers and technology. Uh, And that was all government regulated because the government controlled all that stuff originally. They controlled – they licensed – they were basically licensing those towers to – these corporations and the corporations started building their own, but the rules stayed in place. See on cable, those corporations, these, these other companies that were not these broadcasters came in and said, well, we can run our own technology, run our own cables, put up our own poles and we control it and we control what goes on it. And we can decide and we can do this and we can do that. And that's where privatization comes in. So, you know, and what it allowed for is a, is a more niche, more niche programs like that's and this is how something like hbo started which we'll get to in a minute like and these stations that would the big originally the original business model was it was a way to create stations that would air more movies because that was the primary originally one of the primary pieces of programming on television was old movies and you would license them from the studio and the studio would end up like the movie studios loved it because they would make money off a movie that wasn't making any money because it it's been in theaters for six yeah, years. Yeah. Suddenly they, got, they had this opportunity to sell off these movies again to these TV corporations, and then they would air the movies. They'd sell advertising during in blocks during the movie, and then you know the studio made some money, the network made some money, and everyone walked away happy. And then eventually, uh, as more networks came in, a lot of these networks started realizing that if they produced their own content, they didn't have to buy or license uh, this movie content or this other content, and they can make it in-house. And if they made it in-house, they ultimately saved money because after it was done, they could rerun it for free. They only mm-hmm. they were basically paying themselves to rerun the movement. So they just made money twice, essentially. Now, mm-hmm. that keep in mind on that whole making money twice thing. Keep that in mind because that also comes into play a little later. So it does. that's cable. Yep. So then there's the third thing called premium cable. And that's what we call it in the States. This is HBO. This is Showtime, stars, Cinemax. These. So basically these standards and practice, the standards and practices of these organizations said, well, you know what? You can show nudity. You can say fuck because you're going to pay extra for that privilege. Yeah. Not privilege. Like they could always, you're going to pay extra to see that. You know what I mean? It's a get adult content. So HBO, well, originally HBO was like airing R rated movies. Sure. uncut movies that's how that's why you watch hbo and you watch it because you get on commercial free lethal weapon with all the swearing in it right and commercial free like that was a big thing too hbo sure. then realized oh if we make original content well then we can make money we don't have to buy we don't have to spend any, any as much money uh per day on a block of film because we've made the content ourselves so they don't, we don't have to pay anyone any money to license this content we can just air it
0: and repeat it ad nauseum, but yes, we can air it, and that's a big money spinner for us.
1: Exactly. So they started doing that, and then they then they start making their programming so good that people would get subscriptions for the content. Like, the reason you make original content now in premium cable is to get people to pay for a subscription for yeah. X amount of months. So there are people who will, pay, who will sign up for HBO for three months so they can watch Game of Thrones and then cancel it and then come back again the next year. And they do that with a lot of shows, sure. and it, and that's you want to keep hitting a niche for uh, creating shows so good people will want to pay this extra ten twenty dollars a month yep. to get HBO. Now there's a fourth one now that's just started called streaming. This is Netflix. This yep. is this is Hulu. This is Amazon. And these companies have now started to come in and completely change the system of it. So there is some of them. Are, so like Netflix is basically HBO and Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hulu. But what they what they have done is they looked at the current model. So what they what they've really they kind of have taken an old method and and remixed it. Where it used to, there used to be the way you got your content was you you licensed old movies and you aired them, and that was your that was your content that you aired and you sold advertising on. Sure. Netflix and Amazon and Hulu said, okay, if you pay us a a subscription, you can watch all these old shows that we're gonna license. Sure. uh, And watch them in their entirety. And the way the binge model, because it's you're binging all this stuff, it kind of paid to do that. And then Netflix realized, oh, if we start making original content that people want to come to us for, we will save money because we won't have to license as much stuff because they're coming to us for the original content instead of coming to us for this binge content. So now there's a big push at all. See, like people get annoyed because they say, I don't want to pay for three monthly subscriptions for three different services. But the reason you have to do that is because he, well, the way it used to work was you would these 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 the the owners of the show. So let's let's go with the X Files, because that's a big example right now. Sure. So if Fox 20 Fox owns the X Files, but not really Fox, but 20 TV. Again, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. But for, for all intents and purposes right now, Fox owns the X Files. Um orig- so originally Fox goes to all the streamers and say, Who wants to pay for this? And one says, "I'll pay this much." One says, "I'll pay this much." So Fox says, "Okay, you all can have it for this price under the terms of non-exclusivity, meaning yeah. that everyone gets to have it, and they all, but but the rate's cheaper." Yes, but that stopped being uh, viable because there's no competition. So mm-hmm. what now? Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu are looking for is exclusivity, which costs money. So sure. now, so now, and this is going to happen in the next few months. They're all going to go to X. There's going to be a bidding war. Right now, there's a contract for the X-Files. That contract is about to expire because the new show is going to be premiering new episodes in January. Yeah. When that happens, the, there's going to be a bidding war over the show and to decide who will get the exclusive streaming rights to the show. And it's whoever that gets those rights is going to pay Fox a lot of money yeah. for that right. That's the only way library content, which is what it's called, library content now is is viable in that way um to these streamers because they have these so oh you want to watch all the x files in a row (laughs) you must get a netflix subscription that's that would be the idea yeah so primarily those are your four areas in which the four areas that produce television now the ways in which television is produced and the way it is distributed it's yes. a whole other discussion. So I'm going to let you take the conversation
0: now. <laughs> wow. This is such a big start and so good, Merrill. Thank you. From a cost perspective as a consumer then, what what does this then mean for uh, – like say I, I'm moving into the States. I've got the, all of the things. Uh, I, like you said, I could put up an antenna and get the, the broadcast, uh, the network TV for free. Just, you know, it's the cost of power and that sort of stuff. Um, or if I get cable, obviously I pay for and I get them as a part of that. What sort of dollars am I looking at for cable, premium cable, and then these streamers if I wanted to go down those parts?
1: All right. Well, I mean, there's a couple, well, there's, there's, and that's also not an easy answer. Sure. Because when you get cable, you get a lot of options as to the kind of package you get. Yep. So you, there's the basic package. For most streamers, for most cable companies, this is anywhere from one hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars a month, or eighty dollars a month. Actually, no, that's with the internet. Which yeah. is well, it, here's the thing you got to realize: um, in in the states, our internet is provided by our cable companies. Okay, so they're
0: the same provider.
1: Uh, they are the same people. So it, I know for you guys, it went in reverse, but yes. for us, it went. Cable came in, and then those same cable companies realized, oh. We already have the lines running. We can just give everyone high-speed internet over those same lines. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're gonna do. So you need. So the so you're gonna get internet, like because you need internet in the modern era. You just kind of do. So, so is cable delivered over the internet service, or is it delivered um, via it a separate service? It can be. It can be delivered over the internet. It's, it's all delivered over the same line. That's the, that's the key. Okay. Is there? You're you have one. Cable coming into your home, and that one cable services your phone, your internet, and your cable TV. And if and, you're lucky,
0: that's fiber optic, and if you're not, it's coaxial,
1: right? And for us, uh, let me, let me this way I have the cheapest plan available from my company, which is ATT. Yep, and I have uh, internet and cable, no phone, and that comes in through a DSL line, and uh, my internet speed is. 20 up and six down uh no six up and 20 down I always reverse those two that's right. um that's my speed um, and my parents have an insane speed on this promotion at their co- cable at their cable company mm-hmm. um, because they recently moved and they do 20 up and 50 down so oh, it's man. yeah it's insane it's insane well, the internet speed I have it. to
0: tell you dude I, I'm one of the lucky ones in Australia I get 20 down and one up <laughs>
1: And that's ADSL two plus. How long does it take you to upload a podcast? Freaking ever! (laughs) It just takes. It takes me. I to upload all my all my uh, all my raw data, all my raw files that I edit. It takes me. oh, I have to do it overnight, or I or it doesn't upload. Yeah, I can't say that. So, any but anyway, so so you so let's say you want internet and cable. That's going to run you, and not phone because we all have cell phones now. Yeah. So that's that's going to run you. Anywhere from $100 to $150 a month. If you get a promotion, maybe it'll drop, you can drop it to 80 for like six months. But let's call it 150 That's pretty much what yep. – because that's what it will typically be after your promotion ends and you're still with the company. It's about 150 a month. And that's internet and basic cable. That's internet and basic cable. There's no – it's no extra packages. That is no – so what that doesn't have is there's no HBO. There's no Showtime. You pay extra for that. Yes. Um, now – with that, you get access to about 150 channels, oh, and wow. most of almost all of them HD. Yep. Um, it used to be you had to pay extra for the HD channels. Eventually, they stopped doing that because um, everyone had HD TVs, and there was no one being like, "I'm not going to pay extra for the thing for HD TV. Just give yeah. it to me." So, and they just dropped off the the standard. They dropped off the standard broadcasting in standard definition. Yeah, they still do, but you have to get a different box to access that. Anyway. So you get these th- – through these, you get channels. And he- here, you get channels such as uh, the Discovery Channel, which is actually – the Discovery Channel is the o- one of the only ones that is on every single cable – Company deal. like every yep. com- every deal offers a Discovery Channel, and I think every deal offers History as well. But definitely no, it doesn't because that's A and E Networks. Um, but every single, I'm pretty damn sure if I read read this once right, every every single deal with every single cable company in the United States offers a Discovery Channel. It's one of the only ones that off- you can always get it.
0: And good influence too, right? Because there's good programming. It's nice, sort of happy, general family stuff. It's
1: a good program. I mean, it's there was a t- I mean there was a time they had a high, but. Well, they do good nature stuff. I mean, now they just make people walk across the Grand Canyon. Mythbusters is the only one I still really like. I love uh, Mythbusters. Um, I, I do, do. You know, it's actually produced by an Australian company.
0: Yes, I do. Beyond.
1: Yeah. I don't. i never. I don't know. I don't. I've seen a couple of clips with the Australian narrator on them. I don't know if I like them as much as the American narrator. Yeah, that was the early days. Did you know the American narrator lives in Australia? Does he? All of the post is done in Australia. Does he? Uh, so wait. Does he have an Australian accent? He's faking the American accent? No,
0: no, he is. He's uh, he, he is he, American. By his his, uh, by his own admission, he turns it on a little bit when he's in the booth, mm-hmm. but he's managed to maintain a fairly strong American accent anyway.
1: I want it. Wow, you guys sent me that interview. I want to hear that. that. Um, but anyway, so you get Discovery. You get things like FX, USA, TNT, TBS. Um, um, now, the thing that you need to re- realize with all these networks they are not individual entities. Mm. TNT is not a company. USA is not a company. They are a subdivision of a larger company. And the thing is, almost all, ev- pretty much, nearly every single cable uh, channel is owned by one of those five broadcasters, mm-hmm. or by their motherships. And there are some that aren't, there are and there's some that are. For example, FX is owned by Fox. Okay. Sure. Or twenty or News Corp. That's the entity that owns Fox, and that's Rupert yep. He owns FoxTEL in y- your country. Yes, he does. Um, which is, I assume, that's News Corp. It's over, the overall banner of News Corp. Um, Showtime is owned by CBS Corporation, uh-huh. which owns CBS. Um, Sci-Fi is owned by NBC Universal, uh, which is NBC. Um, Disney Channel is under the Disney banner, which is yes. run by ABC. Disney owns ABC. Um, well, here. Of course it does, yes. So, and then, um, so the the only one that doesn't really own anything is the CW. Uh, the, I could spend a couple minutes on the CW in a little bit because that's a whole discussion. That's sure. a fun discussion. Yeah. Um but CBS is owned by Warner, is co-owned by CBSN. So CBS actually owns the, the CW, fifty percent of it with the with Warner Brothers, WB, because mm-hmm. they CBS is who owned UPN originally. Um, uh, history that so like History A and E, Lifetime, these are all owned by A and E Networks, um, okay. and so on and so forth. They're all consolidated. All of these networks are consolidated into a larger corporation. And those corporations are consolidating to basically all our stuff is actually owned by like, and this is not new information. All mm-hmm. our stuff is really owned by like six corporations, six massive corporations mm-hmm. that could that that. But they these are all they're all subdivisions of the same thing. Which means the way the month and the where this is key is how the money works because one of the ideal things you. Here, here's a great example. So uh-huh. The Sim- the Simpsons, okay? The yep. Simpsons is a show that is produced by 20th Fox Television, okay? Mm-hmm. The 20th Century Fox Television, which, is, again, is owned by Fox, which is owned by News Corp. Now, there was a big deal made last year uh, for the syndication rights, which mm-hmm. is uh, – so let, actually, let me start by explaining syndication. a so the way – when you make a TV show, originally when you made a TV show, you do not make money by airing the show because typically the network airing the show is not the network that owns the show. The, yep. the, the, network, the network that airs the show is a licensor. That's how it always works. Sure. And there's, so there's, re, there's more than this, but the, for our purposes, there are two entities. There's a studio and there's a network. Okay. The yep. studio is who makes the show. The network is who airs the show. The studio is the one who's actually making the money. The, all the network is doing is saying, give, sell, I, we want to buy from you the exclusive rights, the exclusive rights to air the show first. And it'll be our show. And we will sell advertising, blo- excuse me, we will sell advertising in blocks during this show. Uh-huh. And that's how we will recoup our cost of licensing the show, and hopefully make a little money for our operating costs. Sure. And then the studio takes the show, they sell it to a network, then they sell it internationally. Yes. So the people who are feeding the content over to your country are is the studio that made the made the show here. Okay. So. Yep. It, so in the case of The Simpsons, that's 20th. So 20th century Fox television went around the world in the 90s and yes. said, we have this show. Would anyone of you networks like to air it? So who airs The Simpsons on your side? Network 10. Network 10. Who owns Network 10?
0: Um, it, it, well, Foxtel are buying into it. Um, okay. But right now it's – it's a, a few gunman. very rich people, including okay. Gina Reinhardt, miners, and those sorts of things.
1: Okay, so those people take the show, they air the show, and they sell advertising on the show, mm-hmm. and that's how they make money. Yes, um, indeed. Okay, so Fox is making money. 20th Century Fox is making money. Who was the studio making the show? They make money by selling it to those international territories, and <clears throat> if you're a studio, your ideal goal is to get uh, get to a certain number of episodes that will allow you to sell the show in syndication. Syndication is reruns. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in cable, that's how one of the ways you, that was another way in which you got content back in the day was we would buy old movies and we'd buy old shows that we could air in blocks. Okay. So you could syndicate
0: a show, meaning we're buying the show to just show in reruns.
1: Right. So, and the reason originally, so the original number was a hundred episodes. If you made a hundred episodes of your show, you could sell it off in syndication, make money off it forever, essentially. And, uh, and then it was a hundred episodes because you could air a hundred episodes, one a day, every nonstop and not repeat yourself that often. Yes. Eventually that number was dropped to 88, but streamers have actually changed that game where now yeah. it's not so much the amount of episodes you have, but that your your show had a conclusion. They become more inclined to buy a show that will, you'll binge if they know the show had an actual ending because they, they the people who have subscription, who have digital subscriptions like Netflix are wise enough to go to Wikipedia, look up a show that they may want to watch and say, well, did this story end? And if not, then screw it. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because I don't want to watch a show. I don't want to watch a story that has no conclusion.
0: I, and trust me, that's something that we as Australians have to deal with all the time mm-hmm. because it is only a relatively recent occurrence that we get television that's broadcast in the States uh, anywhere near close to the same time period. Normally it's um, a long time afterward. I'll give you a, a good example. Um, the Blacklist. See the, the second part of the second season has just started airing again in Australia like last week. Now, I know that- uh, So you just got the
1: Super Bowl episode? Probably. Is it the so one you... where- Red, Do you watch it?
0: I do, but I haven't it's... seen the last couple of
1: eps. Okay, so you haven't seen one where Red's in jail with Ron Perlman? I think, the, I think that we've just got that. That's the Super Bowl episode that aired here last year.
0: So earlier this year. Earlier this year. So yeah, we're that far behind, right? So right. that's why that's not the rise. Tar- that's not terribly far behind. I mean, you could there Dude, are, some shows that it's, are- the, it's 2015. This is the problem. This is why we've got networks jumping up and down and going, "Oh, uh, how do we compete with people who are illegally downloading torrenting uh, content?"
1: But that, uh, but I'll tell you right now, HBO f- solved that problem with Game of Thrones. They air. They do a global telecast of every single one of every episode of Game of Thrones. Immediately goes live online and airs at the same time across the globe. It is yeah, not curved. is not curbed piracy. It still is the most down, it. it is the most downloaded. Is the most down legally download show around the globe. And it doesn't what matter. What countries at number one on that list, Meryl? Couldn't tell you. No idea. I just know Australia. that Australia. Is it? Yeah,
0: yeah. We, it's. It's. A badge of disgrace and honor at the same time. That, uh, and
1: you guys get it at the same time we get it. So Well, this
0: year we got it simulcast. This was a big HBO thing. Um, previous, in the, in previous years, uh, they've done what they call Express from the US. So it may not be simulcast, but it's same day, within a couple of hours of it airing on the West Coast.
1: What's your time difference from us?
0: Uh, we Well, East Coast Australia is 10 hours plus Greenwich Mean Time. Um, and you, your West Coast, so, you guys are what, eight hours behind Greenwich Mean, aren't you?
1: So the show, so when the show airs for us, for me anyway, because I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. Sure. So the show airs for me at 6 p.m. Yep. What would that be for you? Because I can't do math in my head. <sighs> yeah, 6 day.
0: p.m. on a Sunday. Uh, I, I think if you add 18, I think that puts it at about uh, two or three, two or four o'clock in the afternoon on Monday.
1: Okay, so you DVR it and you come home and it's there. like that And lots, lots of people do, but lots of other people, and this comes
0: into the pricing, and we can talk about this in a second, lots of people choose to not do that and still get it for free, air mm-hmm. quotes. Yeah,
1: okay, so back to, back to the idea of syndication. So 20th Century Fox makes The Simpsons, they sell the Simpsons internationally, they, sell, they make enough episodes to get the syndication. Now, yep. so typically with syndication, you sell the show over and over again to different cable services who want it. So there was a big bidding war recently for The Simpsons for the exclusive rights to syndicate The Simpsons, meaning yes. that only this network would get to air it. And a lot of people went on, but what jumped on it, they said, we want it. Yeah. FX won, those bidding, won that bidding war, and let me tell you why they won it. They didn't win it because – not FX, FXX, which is the new division of FX that only airs comedy or they're supposed yep. to only air comedy. Sometimes they air action movies. They jumped on board. Now, let me tell you something. FXX did not have enough money to beat T- D- TBS, who airs The Big Bang Theory and does huge with it. The yep. reason the show went to FXX is because FXX is owned by News Corp, which means oh, News Corp is which means News Corp is making money twice on the show. It's making they, money for itself, yeah. Right, they are if they they are not selling the show away, so they're so they're not making money once. They're making money multiple times off every episode of Simpsons because if you sell the show off to a, a, a place that's not you, so if you're News Corp and one of your yes. divisions has the Simpsons, if they sell it off it's to somewhere that isn't new, a News Corp division, for example, TBS, which is owned by yep. Turner in the States yep. – um, then you only make money off whatever the whatever Turner pays or whatever TBS pays per episode. So if they pay five hundred thousand dollars an episode, you make five hundred thousand dollars an episode, and that's it until the contract is renewed. Mm-hmm. If you are News Corp, if you are Fox, and you are if you're News Corp and your division sells within a news to another News Corp division, then do you, then that division is still paying a licensing fee to itself. No money leaves News Corp's hands. And actually, money now comes into News Corp because, because of the advertising. Because FXX is putting advertising on the show, yep. which means money ultimately filters into News Corp. The Simpsons rights were never going to leave News Corp because News Corp wasn't m- going to make too much money by keeping it within house. It was going sure. to. Now, most people aren't aware that FXX. And Fox and News Corp are all the same company. We, how? How are they not aware of that? I mean, some are. Some of the, some of the more, some of, like some of the more like the younger generation is kind of wised up. But it's yeah, not yeah. something that you're. It's not something that you're keenly aware of. But more importantly, you're not. You you may be keenly aware that Fox may own FX, FX and FXX, but you may not be keenly aware that both of those <clears throat> fall under a larger corporation, which is News Corp. News yeah. Corp doesn't sound. like you can yeah, you can kind of assume that F, FX and Fox are the same because drop an O and suddenly oh look, they have the same letters. Um, but hey, it does look
0: really the same.
1: right. Um, so that's the thing about the Simpsons. that's the thing about syndication. So the, the the reason these this idea of the studio and the network comes into play is it's made it it has made it harder in some ways and better it has made it better in some ways and harder in others for television. So it's made it easier and harder in some ways. And this is because it's consolidated everything. So back in the day, if you were a studio and you had a show. Yes. You went around to all the networks and you said, okay, guys, we have this show. Who's interested in buying it? And that was fine because even if you didn't own the show, you Mm. would air it to an audience of 20 or 30 million people. Like the the, the, the television audience in the United States – when it was just three networks, massive. Yeah, We're talking uh, about an audience that drove the series finale of MASH to 100 million people.
0: Sure. When there's not a lot of competition and it was a massive series anyway. Exactly. Lots of people are going to watch.
1: Today, the only – the and I mean this. The only broadcast that garners 100 million or more viewers is the Super Bowl. Yeah. That like, is it. There's not even no, – there's no other event – no other show, no other supporting event that garners hundred million viewers, except for the Super Bowl, which is why it's such a big deal. Um, but anyway, so the problem was, if a sh- with a show is a losing investment until it's in syndication. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you have, if a show gets canceled, and you do not, and there's no way – Like nowadays, it's a little easier to make, a sh- make money off a dead show even if it does get canceled because I think like Netflix may buy it if it was a cult success. Sure. Um, back in the day. So, it, so what, as, the, as the television audience dropped and it became harder and harder to reach a wide variety of people, a wide amount of people on a single airing of a show, it yeah. became more important to own your show. Because then you made money on syndication later on, so a lot of these networks stopped wanting to buy shows. So it it consoli- it's, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't, I don't know how well I'm explaining this, but it consolidated the market. Suddenly you weren't pitching a show to a lot of these different studios and a lot of these different networks. You were pitching your show to a handful of companies yeah. that all had their all own things, and they said, okay, if I have this sci-fi show about sex robots yes and you go to a company and say hey guys uh so i have this like adult themed sex robot show um do any of you do you want it they'll look at their roster of uh of stations and they'll go okay do we have anywhere to put this so for example you can't take that show to disney because disney has no network to put that on. Can't go on ABC. Can't go on yep. Disney on on uh, Disney XD. Can't go on ABC Family. It can't go on Disney Channel. It can't go anywhere. You know
0: but the sex robot network. Hey, well then it's ready right. to go. But
1: for example, if you take that same show to maybe uh twenty you know to Fox. Yes. Fox will look at it and go, Well, we can put this on FX. We can put this on FXX if we want to do a little com- comedic thing with it. There are there are options. Yes. you go to CBS, they'll say, well, we can't put it on CBS, but we can put this on Showtime. So yep, and sure. et cetera. So but by, by doing that, it's about making sure the money stays in one place. It's about making sure that the money doesn't leave you. So the you know you're not you're not gonna pitch you're not pitching TBS. You're pitching Turner, because yeah. now you are pitching TV. Now let me be clear: all these people, you are pitching these these networks, yes. but these networks are going to be more inclined to keep these shows in house. So there's so now what's starting to happen is all these random studios they, they got consolidated. Now they're getting unconsolidated again. A lot of really random studios, no one's ever heard of, are starting to come up again <laughs> and and selling shows off. But the deals are changing. Yeah, Like I said, it's messy. The whole thing, American television is constantly changing because, again, it is privatized. So it's so messy. And like they're – like for example, there, there's a comic book company called Boom Studios. They, and what they want to start doing is selling the television rights to their comics. Mm-hmm. So they set up a television studio. In their oh, yes. in their comic book company, like everyone wants to get the TV, especially now because of these streamers, because there's now now you can sell to digital markets, you can sell to Amazon, you can sell to YouTube, you can sell to Hulu. You're not just limited to selling to to, to linear broadcast television or linear television anymore. Yep. Which is yeah. What's your next question? I mean, I'm just I'm running out of. I was running out of steam there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's so interesting and
0: compelling, Meryl, because to, well, to give you the overview of Australia, we've got five free-to-air uh, you know, broadcast networks, 7, 9, and 10, which are commercial networks. They have ads. They're all publicly listed uh, but have some very rich people that own the largest proportions of them. Uh, and then we've got two government-funded uh, or taxpayer-funded uh, networks, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation (ABC) and the Special Broadcasting Service (SBS). And they which both have one different of those, Which one
1: of those is made up of like eight cents per year from every single person in Australia?
0: Eight cents a day. That was the ABC, and that was back a while ago. I think it's now about twelve and a half cents a day, uh, budgetarily. But the ABC that also covers, as does the SBS, um, radio as well as television and online stuff. It's not just. Uh, and it's a you know, big news gathering service and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it, ABC is a gift to the Australian people because it's keeping drama alive almost single-handedly. Um, the commercial networks have fallen into a reality funk.
1: That um, was us in the early 2000s. Every Once, once Survivor came along, everyone kind of looked at reality TV and said, oh, shit, we don't have to spend money lots of money yeah lots of money to make these shows we can just make these cheap reality shows and air them and then the pendulum swung where this is what gave rise to cable it's what gave rise to basic cable was yeah it went about they went about two years of doing almost it was was gonna kill like it was gonna kill scripted tv on broadcast anyway yep and then around that time a little guy two two guys showed up or three technically one was named jj abrams Oh, and the other, that man. And the other was named, uh, what were their names? What were their names? Whatever, I can't remember their names. So what 20, shows did they make? 24. 24 and Alias and then Lost yeah. kind of saved scripted TV in broadcast. What, but Three in that, really big different shows, yeah. In that time, in that time, FX was looking at their slate and they said, what if we try making our own shows? So we don't have to license movies all the time. And license reruns of Baywatch all the time. So they made a show called The Shield. And it basically- So good. And it set the standard for what you could get away with on on basic cable. Of course. Because that pilot episode for The Shield is not only
0: some of the best written television I've ever seen- I've never seen it. It's so
1: brutal. It's so amazing, and I think I know, I know, I know what the big twist is, but I've never seen it.
0: Sure, and look, people, if you haven't seen the Shield, I recommend you find it. Sit down, seven series. It's just delightful. Um, I think it's even on one of our streamers in Australia now. Uh, but the 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 key thing, and I don't think any other series except maybe Lost, um, there's something that happens in the pilot episode of the Shield that doesn't get resolved until the final episode. Like it just stretches out across the entire series.
1: I mean, that's just the mystery of Lost. I know what you're talking about in S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's not really a mystery. It's just like, when are they going to, when is this, when is, when are there going to be repercussions for this?
0: Thing? Yeah, I would, mean, yes, but it, it's that, it's, there's few, so few other shows that have that, you know, where the very first episode not only sets the tone, but doesn't get resolution until the very last episode.
1: Um, But with S.H.I.E.L.D., suddenly, you know, FX was like, there's no one saying we can't see shit. An asshole (laughs) and showing blood. There's no one saying we can't do this. We're just not because of the content we, because we're licensing, they were like, because they were licensing content they originally aired on broadcast television and that had standards in practice, like FCC standards and regulations. Well, they went, well, if we make it ourselves, no one says we can't do this. So let's just fucking do it. Yeah. We're just going to do it. We basically, we're going to say everything but fuck and we're going to see if anyone cares. And And let's keep doing it. They aired it at 10 p.m. and no one gave a shit. So they said, we're going to keep doing that. So then they made Rescue Me and they did the same thing. And they made Lucky and they did the same thing. And they basically yeah. – and all these, other, all these other basic cable channels what, got on board and they said, well, if they can do it, we're fucking doing it. And then that's what basically gave rise to basic cable programming. And that's when HBO went, oh, shit, they've figured us out. So we got <laughs> to step up our game now. And that's what gave rise to things like Entourage. It gave rise to things like Game of Thrones. Like this yeah. is what started HBO on the track to the HBO we now know. Yes. You know, because they were like, well, we're going to have to now compete with those guys who are doing content as risky as the content we are doing.
0: Now. Yeah, and, and, but there's just been something that HBO have managed to pull out some pretty incredible shows.
1: Well, they have, To for my money, they have one – Great show on right now, and everything else you can give or take. And that yeah. show is game. Anyway, you know, I don't even know if Game of Thrones is great. It's just that it's it's not, you. there is no other show as with the scope of that show. Oh,
0: scale. It's epic. No question.
1: It's just not. And so, on that, that's what makes it different. You know, I think there are better written shows on that network than Game yes. of Thrones, but I think the Game of Thrones is the one you point to and you go, this is setting a standard for what an an epic show needs to look like, an epic fantasy yes. series. If you're going to do it, you need to go big, and it needs to look like that. Oh, um, and this is where MTV's The Shannara Chronicles. Oh is. Oh, my God. Is, did you see that trailer?
0: It looks amazing. I, I know. interviewed Dan McPherson, it, one of the stars, I'm on shocked. last week's
1: podcast. I'm shocked that it looks so good because because I just watched this other show that I'm not going to name. <laughs> yep. Actually, I uh, yeah, I'm not going to name it right now. Um, cause I, it hasn't aired yet and I don't want to knock it yet because maybe sure. people will end up liking it, but uh, it's, airing on a network called spike here. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a historical drama set in ancient Egypt. That you pretty much can figure it out what it is it's based cool. on what Operation I should repo, right? But it looks bad. It looked like it looks small. That's the mm-hmm. way I've described. I want, I would have described an in interview if I was going to write their review, which I'm not doing. Um, yeah. It's small. It feels fake. Like this, you look like on Game of Thrones. You look at the sets and you go. Now I've been on TV sets for multiple shows. Yes, they all look the same in person. They all look fake. They all look like they look like cardboard walls. They look like fake lights. Everything looks fake as fuck. When you see that shit on camera, a good when it's done well. You they don't look like cardboard, they look like real things, and that's what Game of Thrones does. They yes. take their cardboard set and they make it look really good. Um They also I mean to, to
0: Game of Thrones credit, and I think this is also why the Shinara Chronicles has the capacity out, to do some big business. Yeah. Lots of location. Um they try and limit the set. Building or when they do it, they're integrating it into live location stuff as well as they do do soundstage. True, but true, true. It's um, epic and they invest in it.
1: This show, which did shoot not in the states, I think, um, you know, their sets looked really fake, and you could uh-huh. just it felt fake, and it felt too cheesy, and it felt too tiny. Um, like another show that does it really well for me, my money is a show called The Last Ship on TNT their look. They had. They feel. I feel like they have a global scope because they shoot on a real naval carrier, um, in the United States. Like, and they shoot in California, and it just feels like epic in scope. But anyway, the cramped bits and you see the big bits. Yeah, yeah. Right, but back to so back to this idea of consolidation. What this idea of consolidation? Now, the good thing this consolidation has done is it's keeping niche shows alive. So this Mm -hmm. summer. Has seen the renewal of three shows in the States that had no business being renewed, but they're all good. Two of them are great. One of them is eh. But they're neither none of the only this way. None of these shows have had major ratings. Stellar. So ratings. what shows are they? These shows are Mr. Robot, Unreal, and yep. Aquarius. Okay, uh, yeah. We haven't had Mr. Robot
0: in Australia. Um, Unreal is airing on Stan, one of our streamers, and Aquarius was airing initially on Presto, the other one of our streamers along with Netflix, but airing on Presto. Then it went week to week. So they took it all away and we're dropping it week to week because it was airing on Foxtel, our, our only cable network, and then when it finishes, it's going to come back in full on Presto.
1: Well, that's what NBC did here. NBC ah. who made the show. They 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 gained headlines cuz they did this weird thing where they said, "Okay, we're going to try a Netflix model." We're going to put-
0: By the way, guys, there's two versions of Aquarius, two edits, and the ruder version is the one on Presto.
1: What's what's the ruder version? Like what's on Apparently it?
0: there's more swearing, more boobies, more sexy stuff.
1: Is there nudity on it? Yeah. Really? Well, it's set in the swinging sixties, man. No, but I mean, like, is there like, is it like nipple nudity? Is that what we're talking about? No, more than nipple nudity. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised then because I got this. My press screeners were then the nice version. Then
0: yeah, no. Well, that's it. They're, they basically the way I would put it is they made an American version. American. No, no, no. Version. I heard
1: about this version. I heard it was going to be a, there. It, I, it was. This version wasn't given to. This version wasn't aired. Yeah. Well, it's not. That it, it was a version that was going to be in home media. I didn't know that they, they were airing that version internationally.
0: You know, the, the Amer- Australian version is the "Turn It On." Is everything?
1: I'm gonna have to watch the new version then, <laughs> um, just to see what they just to see what they change for research, for research. sure, research um, purposes, like reading the articles. But um, but um, so what happened was NBC said, "Okay, we're gonna put the entire first season of Aquarius online the day it premieres." Yep. Okay, and they did. And according to their press releases, it was the number one rated show on their digital, like no digital, no outlet, no show has ever done as good digitally as Aquarius did, according to NBC. So take that or leave it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what you need to know about Mr. Robot, NBC, and Unreal is they are all owned by the parent company of the network airing them. Mr. Robot, which airs on USA, is owned by uh, Universal Cable Productions, which is owned mm-hmm. by NBC Universal. Yes. Uh, Unreal, which airs on Lifetime, is produced. Which is by, so great. Is which is produced by a Network, a Network Productions, which is owned by a Networks. Yep. Okay. Aquarius is produced by. Uh, I want to say it's just Universal Tell. It's 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 a division of universe of NBC Universal. NBC
0: Universal. And NBC
1: yes. airs Aquarius. So the reason this matters. Is because basically the ratings mean nothing at that point. Because even if the show does poorly, as long as it's well-received, it can still make money off digital outlets. It can still make money in in airing later off buzz. So there's no need to have immediate ratings then because you can make money by selling it later. So all these shows, because they are so buzzy and they're getting headlines – all the networks, we're well, just going to renew them anyway. They're doing shit, but we don't care because Mr. Robot's going to land an exclusive streaming deal somewhere, as will Unreal. Yeah. Um, Aquarius will keep airing digital digitally on NBC, and then it will get put on iTunes and Amazon with that riskier version that we just talked about. Yeah. And So they make money anyway. So that, that consolidation of media is keeping a lot of niche shows that we're liking alive, but it's becoming harder to get those niche shows on the air. And that's the problem. So it's a give and take. Sure.
0: It's such an interesting thing because the streaming, the whole streaming side of the, the business is a new one for Australia this year in a I mean, it's generic. New,
1: it's, it's new for you this year, but it's still kind of new, relatively new for us. It's only been around for oh, about five I mean, years.
0: Netflix has been doing it for a while.
1: Netflix has been around as far as extensively. It's been around for about five years as far as being a thing that people need to deal with.
0: But that's still five years more than us. We've had sure. it for six months legally. You know, people were subscribing via VPNs and stuff. But uh, now, like uh, I'm in the States right now, my Netflix account from Australia, I come over here and I sign it in and I get access to the Netflix American Library, which is infinitely better than ours currently, but it's growing. It's a new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So Netflix, which is owned by Netflix, Stan, which is owned by one of the free-to-air networks, Nine, and then owned by Fairfax, the other half. That's a big print media organisation in Australia. Uh, and then Presto, which is part-owned by cable company Foxtel, which is part-owned by Telstra and, and News Limited, Fox, mm-hmm. uh, and is then also part-owned by Seven. Now, the thing that feeds into all of these, uh, particularly for Presto and for Stan, is that the, 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 as broadcast networks, they have output deals with a lot of the, the studios in the States, so every year, the programming heads trot over to the US. They get shown pilots and show reels of "Here's all of our new things." Uh, do you want to sign but up? But it's
1: not like it's not like every show that airs on Fox airs on the same network there. Every In the sh-
0: old days, it was a very big portion of that. Okay, it's become much more selective. So there were there were exclusive output deals where uh, Seven would sign up with NBC Universal and just get everything. Okay. Now, the conditions on that were that they had to show everything unless a show got cancelled before it made um, it over it's end of season. No, no. If it Even if it made it over, they had to complete airing it unless it got cancelled. Okay. Then the, so that's part of the reason why we get content so delayed on free-to-air networks. They hold off and don't show stuff because they go, well, we got this as part of the deal. We think it's a bit of a stinker. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's tanking. Great, we don't have to show it, or we'll save it for later. So, for example, the Anthony Edwards um, big drama Zero Hour that was due to air in Australia in 2014 has only just started airing at the prime hour of 11:30 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. It's filling. It's filling a gap for seven. Got it. But okay. so, they, so that all plays in. They're now using those output deals and relationships to feed into their streaming uh, services, the content for that. So that's why Aquarius is on Presto because Seven have play. They have relationship to get that and, and got first dibs on it to put it on Presto and, of course, the Fox connection and those sorts of things. Um, that Nine managed to pick up uh, Unreal was just left of center because that was content that would have otherwise turned up on Foxtel um, in probably one of their premium drama How many packages. cable networks do you guys have? Just one. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's There used to be two. Um, so you don't have a wide variety of programming in Australia, is what you're telling me.
0: Oh, well, we we do and we don't, Meryl. This is the thing. I mean, on our free-to-air networks, each of the um, the free-to-air channels have got a cup two uh, digital channels other channels multi channels that are now being themed to have a bunch of other content mostly do reruns, those digital
1: but- channels air a live broadcast online is that how it works or you're watching so you're watching it on demand
0: uh, it's terrestrial broadcast so um, uh, like I you know would turn on my television and go to channel seven I can go to seven two or seven three and watch different content that's happening on there but all broadcast as a part of the same um, but is that, a, now, is that a,
1: now is that cable or is that you're getting that free over the air?
0: That's free terrestrial, yeah, yeah. Free to so air.
1: you don't have cable the way we have cable is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, the cable service, the Foxtel service, very, 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 very small proportion of the Australian public subscribe because it's subscription television. What, what uh, do you get that, by,
1: by signing up with that? What do you get?
0: Um, well, they work in a similar package deal to what you're talking about. It's not connected only this year has Foxtel started offering internet as a part of that, uh, but because that's because they're half-owned by our largest telecommunications organisation in Telstra. So if you buy Telstra internet, you can get Foxtel cheap and delivered down the line and, and you're not meted for any of the usage of watching that stuff and that kind of thing. Um, Foxtel, have I think, I think they've rationalised it now to about uh, maybe six packages that are groups of channels. So to buy into Foxtel, well, I'm can asking,
1: get, but what I'm asking, is are they channels that you don't get over the air?
0: Absolutely, it, it, guaranteed. All of the content on Foxtel is not available on free-to-air television. So, like, what are they air? with some exception what are they around sport. What are they
1: airing typically?
0: Oh, predominantly, it's a lot of US content, but also a, a fair chunk of Australian content, original content made around the um, uh, the theme of the channel, or it's the second run rights for some stuff that we may have seen on free to air.
1: How much original programming do you guys have? That's made in Australia. There's only one I know of. There's a cop show that I've heard. I've seen it once or twice. I can't even remember what it's called now. I know. I know you have home and away. That's yeah. Only, I know there's that. Home and away and neighbors are the two big, um four, you know,
0: four or five night a week. Soapy half hour shows. <laughs>
1: oh, those um, are five
0: nights a week yeah yeah, half an hour I didn't know
1: they were legitimate soap operas out there. they were once a week like soapy dramas um,
0: no, they, and they and they pump them out 40 42 weeks of the year so everyone that's working on those shows as much as it's dross television are working really hard to make two and a half hours of TV a week how, um, so
1: how much uh how much how big are your audiences
0: oh uh, yeah well this is the thing 23 million people in total in Australia mm-hmm. uh, as far as a, a successful show in Australia if you're pulling maybe two to two and a half million nationally, that's great. Um, It used to be that if you three million was spectacular and you had to be over two million to be a success, nowadays one million is amazing and 800,000 is the new norm and that's just a reflection of shrinking audiences, particularly because of Netflix and and online catch-up and all that sort of stuff.
1: Well, our audiences are shrinking too. Our audience, I mean – for example, we were talking about so in our in our the way our, we work and it may work for you too. Is there's a thing called the demo in yep. in Nielsen rings? Do you have demos in your country? We do, but it's not as big a deal. But we you go on the demos and I'll fill you in on what we do. Okay, so our demos. So the in, the there's your Nielsen rings and there's a one ring called the overall. The overall yep. is the amount the overall amount of people that watched your show.
0: Yep. It, First I, past the
1: post for most shows. You are a success as long as you are scoring anywhere from five to seven overall million, million. million people. Um, and that's on broadcast. On yes. cable, for example, the series premiere, Breaking Bad, didn't even crack a million. Um, but it was, you know, it was, and it was owned by Sony. So it's not even like AMC was making a whole chunk of change on it, but they, they kept airing it. Yeah. You know, the, the, and the series finale of Breaking Bad was so seen, was seen did. by, the series finale of breaking bad was seen by just over ten million people. So it was never So that's huge for cable then, yeah. For cable, that's huge. But no, The Walking Dead is not blowing that out of the water. That's a whole other a series? Thing. Oh God. The Walking Dead does close to twenty million. You, wow. It's I it's love one that of the show, only wow. it's one of the only shows that's not on CBS that is able to cross into those kind of numbers. Wow. It does insane numbers. And then with D V R playback, it's even higher.
0: Yeah. It's
1: one of the only ones. Um but anyway. So you have – so then you start breaking down that number and you basically want to know how – and what the advertisers want to know is how many people between the ages of 18 to 49 uh, watch, the sh- watch this show at this time. The reason yes. they want to know that is because they have figured out through science that people between the ages of 18 to 49 are more inclined to spend their, their disposable income. Than people under the age of 18 and over the age of 49, because if you're under 18, you don't really have disposable income. And if you're over the age of 49, you're kind of saving your income until retirement at that point. Between those two ages, uh, you are inclined to sell, to spend your money, which means you are the most susceptible to advertising. Yep. um, According to them. So, but now, you know, those demos get even smaller. Like, for example, Disney Channel wants to know. How many children between the ages of, oh, of, of five to twelve are watching? Derivative the show.
0: statistics drive me insane. And the
1: reason they want to know that is because they're marketing to kids. Because they're marketing. Yeah, who wants to look at our ads for toys? They're selling. They're selling advertising for kids to then go to their parents and say, "Buy me this," and the parent will buy them that. So that's why they care about that demo. Um,
0: I love. I love how you are clearly not a parent, Meryl, Because that parents buy me this, and the parents buy them that. Yeah, that doesn't happen. But I appreciate the sentiment. They believe it does. I know they believe it does. Um, Best of power is huge.
1: Um, or another one, Lifetime, who who primarily markets to women, wants mm. to know how many women between the ages of eighteen and thirty five watch yep. their show. Or Team Wolf does the same thing. Team Wolf on Team Wolf. NTV does the same thing. They <sighs> primarily market to people between the ages of eighteen and thirty five. Because those are who watch those are who watches their pro, who watch their programs, sure. and those so they make advertising geared to that audience. So they want to make sure that they're hitting their demo. Yes. So those I mean these demos are sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're, sometimes so so what's great about them sometimes is you can have a really low rated show overall, but as long as you're hitting a specific number within the demo, yep. then they like you. So. <clears throat> Those demos do not do not work in the millions. Those demos work on, and I, yes. I don't really know the math completely, but it basically works on, like, a proportion. So yep. it's like, so, for example, you are a success in, nowadays, you are a success if you can score above a two in the demo. Yep. There are shows that if you score five in the demo, like, Empire was scoring five. Sometimes you can score ten in the demo. Now that's not ten million. That's not two million. That's not five million. That's a that's a proportion. That that number corresponds to a proportional amount of the audience that is that within that demo within that age. Range. Okay, so like percent. It's not really. It's not like two percent. It's it, a proportional amount. It's just, sure. it's a proportional amount of it's something. It's something that I don't. I just know that the higher that number is the better you are. And I know and I know what the minimum number you need to survive is, and that's two. If you and that's on broadcast. In broadcast, if you score a two and above, they're happy. And they're happier if you are consolidated within the parent company. So if you are scoring a two and so if you're scoring a two and you're on Fox and you're owned by 20th Fox Television they're like, yeah. okay, that's enough for us to be okay with how this is doing. Now, if you're an if you are produced by ABC Studios and airing on Fox, they're not happy because sure. they're like, we're only making money off this show this one time when we air it, and it's not doing yep. well. So, it's consolidated. Like, remember? So again, messy. This whole, yeah. sh- all this shit is really messy, and it's, and I mean. I don't know if I'd want it any other way because I look at your system, which is primarily produced by the government. The government, the government who makes these stations, right? Like the taxpayer money pays for them. They are they privatized? Are they privatized?
0: Well, the three commercial free to air seven, nine, and ten are publicly listed companies, so anyone can buy. buy Okay, so they are
1: private. So they are privatized.
0: They are private. SBS and ABC are public but they're not driven by subscriptions at all. It is entirely government funded, though SBS don't get as much funding, but they are allowed to show a very small amount of ads um, during their prime time block between 6 p.m. and midnight. Uh, In fact, they just uh, put uh, through the government, they they put in a request and it was going to be a bill to pass to double their ad showing allowance from 5 minutes an hour to 10 minutes an hour because they just had their budget cut by the government and they were going to get some of that money back through this legislation, and uh, the bastards knocked it back. Mm. That was, and that was all through the lobbying of the free-to-air networks, the, the commercial networks that went, oh, we don't need another commercial network. That's unfair to us. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Jerks.
1: Now, something else that happens with this consolidation is it also limits so for example let's say so what happens in american tv is you have your pitch cycles okay yeah. now we may i think we're we're getting kind of late so we may have to bring this to a second episode a later date but i'm gonna oh, yes. i'm gonna speed through this as much as i can okay. so the way the development process works in american tv as i said your studio you you, you you're a writer you you take a show out to a bunch of studios you say I have a idea for a show. They go, okay. What is it? You tell them the pitch, and they go, okay. We we want this. We're gonna buy this pitch from you. That's the studio, yep. okay? The studio then says, okay, we have. we let's develop the script. Let's make the script. Let's get the pitch together, and then they take the show out to networks to who want to buy it. Now sure. the problem here's the problem. Let's say there are three vampire shows uh-huh. going in that are being shopped around. And let's say there are only five outlets that reasonably could air a vampire show within uh-huh. their within the slated programming that they make. There's more than five, but let's go with five and keep these numbers small and easy to understand. Yeah. So you have three vampire shows and you have five places that could air them. Let's say one goes starts going out, and I know this because I've seen it happen in other types of show. In fact, there's one right now that I I have insider knowledge on that I can't discuss, but I've seen it. But it's not vampire show, but it's it's, it's this idea. So. Yeah. So they you take the show one vampire show goes out and one of those five networks goes we want that we're going to buy it. So suddenly now there are four outlets because that yep. one that just bought the vampire show they're not going to buy another vampire show because they uh, don't want to compete yet. they don't want to compete with themselves because then they're yep. com- otherwise they're com- well, they're competing with themselves they look like they're they they don't well, they don't want to be branded as the vampire network they don't want to compete with themselves business wise so they say we're not buying any more vampire shows so now there's yep. four there's two, four outlets for two people. One of them says, hey, we're not going to take any more horror shows this year. Now you're down to three. Yep. Uh, so you under see how this consolidation is now, is also, it's again, getting, I'm going to steal this from Colin Hanks once who was on there's podcast talking. He's talking about movies, but it works for TV too. Sure. Getting a TV show made at all is a fucking miracle. Getting, getting a show. First of all, getting someone to say yes to I want to potentially make that. Your it's it it's a godsend. Getting a show. So to just get a show made and on the air is a miracle. To have it be good is, I mean, you've kissed a ring. To (laughs) have it be good and well liked enough that people are watching it, you you suck some serious dick to have, to to have it to have it be good well liked by the audience watched and renewed you sold your soul like <laughs> that is the level the amount of things that have to go right on your show
0: this is There's why a we, lot of
1: TV people turning up in hell mm-hmm and you know that's kind of just how it goes that's the system we have set up and look we produce, we are the biggest exporter of 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 entertainment but yes. particularly television because the medium started the mean film did not did, no film started in the states but you know it it's been experimented on and kind of you know really was a lot of it was honed overseas the yeah. the art the art, artistry of making movies was honed globally you know there's you know you can see the european influence and the asian influence yeah. and the russian influence television is a predominantly american idea um and you know the uk came in the uk that started doing crazy stuff with their shit with television but it wasn't until years after the you know america you know uk uh, we invented tv we we gave the parsed the idea around the around the globe but in terms of using it as a storytelling uh medium uh we are the pioneers of that and most of the innovation that has come for most, I say most, not all, but most of the innovation that has come in television storytelling has come from the American side. Uh-huh. And so we produce an insane amount of content, and the way the business, the business that surrounds that content is insane. And to try and wrap your, I mean, a film, what's the hardest thing to understand about a TV show is how you make money off a TV show. Because it is, mo- is mind boggling. See, in film, it's kind of simple. In film, you make money by making the movie, yep. selling. The, if so, if you're indie, you're selling the movie to a studio that will distribute it. If you're yes. a big, so let's but well, let's stick to a big studio, okay? If you're a, one of the big studios in Hollywood, you make yep. a movie, you put the movie in theaters, you sell the movie to people. They they buy it. They buy tickets. They go see it. They sit down. They pay their ten bucks. The movie theaters make money off the concessions. Everyone goes home happy. Yep. Then after the movie's done in theaters, the studio then sells it to the consumer in on home video. And then yes. a few years after that, they sell it off to television networks, to air on their networks with in syndication. Okay. Yep. And that's how you make money off a movie. It's rather simple. There's a couple outlets you make money off them, but ultimately the process is understandable. The way in which you make money off TV is so confusing. Because it's do you own it? If okay, you don't own it. How much? How many rings do you get? How, okay, how many? But then I could get, I mean I could get into like what the C the C number is, which is has to do with advertising and you know how, it's how many. There's a there's a wonderful it, it's the the amount of data you have to crunch before you have any sort of understanding of how much money your show is actually making is is insane. And also some of the times that payment is deferred. Like you don't make money right away on TV either. You lose money. You lose yeah. money on TV for years before it makes it before a show will make any money. That's why you hear about it sometimes where a show that will get picked up for season two. That suddenly you'll hear, okay, they've just locked in two more seasons because there's nowhere to go. If you you cannot cancel a show in season three, canceling a show in season two or three is the most uh, money draining, expensive thing you can do because you will never make that money back. If you if you <laughs> if you go beyond season two, the people making your show almost have no yeah. choice but to keep going because it's the only way they can make money. Later, is to keep going. They almost don't have a choice. Wow. Uh, um, but uh, is there anything else you want to ask? Oh,
0: <laughs> but no, I will, well, Meryl. This. There's so much that we could go on about. I think you're exactly right. We need to, to rain check this and let's come back what and talk I more about what I the television machine.
1: What I would recommend in the interim between the, now and when we record again is someone yes. go to the Nerdist – for those that don't know, there's a podcast called the Nerdist Writers Panel. And a yes. lot of TV writers do that podcast and they talk about making TV. But there's one episode particular. You'll have to find it because I don't know what it's called. But it came out about a year ago and it's done with a guy named Kyle Killen. Kyle Kellen is the guy that, that wrote the movie The Beaver that Jodie Foster directed and Mel Gibson starred in. He also yep. created a show called Lone Star. He created a show called Awake. And he created uh-huh. a show called Mind Games, all of which never went past season one. Now, he uh, has kind of become a bit of an expert on ratings and the consolidation of media because, you know, his shows keep getting canceled and he wanted to know why. Sure. So he did a presentation at this thing called the Austin Television Festival and they 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 recorded the conversation uh for the Nervous Rights panel so go to the Nervous Rights panel look up the Kyle Killen episodes you'll find it eventually and just listen to that episode and he's a, he will really break down for you with you know data points how the ratings work and that will sort of give you an idea and sort of the idea of this this idea of consolidation it will give you an idea of how shows are made why they get canceled why they get renewed you know It will just give you a good idea of things overall of how the system works.
0: That's Kyle Killen, you said?
1: Yes. Excellent. Well, there's homework, people. Stuff for us
0: to go and check out. Before we do just sign off, Meryl, uh, podcast time today the 2015 Emmy nominations came out. Yes. Without diving into another half an hour conversation, which that could easily be. Yes. What's your sort of, uh, you know, top three or the standouts well, for you?
1: Immediately, I must say that I am shocked that Tatiana Masani finally got an Emmy nomination for her work on *Orphan Black*. I mean, here's the <laughs> thing: it's not that I, it's not that she didn't deserve it. She always yeah. deserved it. But I, I'm, but literally, fi- there's a tweet you can find. That I wrote to someone five minutes before they started announcing them, where I said, She's not, someone said, It better be off of black. And I go, She's not going to get it. She never gets it. Boom. She got the nomination this year, which shocked yeah. everyone because they were like, They've never done it. So they, everyone was convinced it was never going to happen. So that happened. Sadly, one of the big losers of the year was a show called Jane the Virgin and the CW because mm-hmm. it's the CW. And yes. the Emmys, you know, just, they, it it took them long enough to acknowledge Tatiana Maslany. It's going to take them even longer to acknowledge the CW. So, because yep. uh, CW is the network that makes Arrow and Flash and Supernatural and Vampire Diaries, they don't do Emmy quality shows. But the the their actress on that show won a won a Golden Globe earlier this year for her work on the show. Yep. So that didn't get a nomination. Empire. The, the one of the big questions of the year was was there going to what 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 there hasn't been, and I think about five years now. There hasn't been a broadcast drama on the best drama list. Uh, it's yep. all been it's all been cable. The Good Wife used yep. to be the only holdout, and the Good Wife stopped making the list. Um, so the question was this year: since True Detective wasn't competing, and since um, Breaking Bad wasn't competing, was there going to be a best uh, a broadcast drama in uh, in the best drama category? And the answer is no. The only show that was going to possibly do it was either Good Wife or Empire. Neither yep. of them pulled it off.
0: For those that haven't seen uh, most outstanding or outstanding drama series nominations, Better Call Saul, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones pulled twenty-four nominations. Mm-hmm. That's like massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homeland, which I think is a great recognition of it coming back to form, House of Cards, Mad Men, and Orange is the New Black. Now, so is in that the new- list, there are two screener uh, you know, like Netflix uh, online only series.
1: Yeah, the, the thing about Orange is the New Black is there were there was a rule change this year as to the way we define shows. Yeah, because there was always questions about last why is this a comedy. Last year, Orange is the New Black competed as a comedy, and yes. a lot of, a lot of the comedies went. That's bullshit. They're an hour yeah. long. They don't get to compete as a comedy. So the Emmys went back and they said, okay. For now, we're going to do it by committee, and every show must submit individually as to whether it may or may not be a thing. Yeah. Any show that's any show a half hour or under is automatically considered a comedy. Now, for anyone that's seen Transparent, that's it's not no a comedy, fucking really. comedy. It should be a drama. Yeah. But as far as the rules so go, so good. As far as the rules go, it's, it competes as a comedy. But yes, then the which question becomes why beco- it's
0: pulled at a comedy nomination this year.
1: Right. So the question becomes, okay. So what is Glee? Glee is a comedy. What is Orange Is New Black? Orange Is New Black is a drama, and yep. so, And so they did that. So Orange is New. So the a lot of people didn't think Orange Is New Black was going to make it in the drama category, and it did. So the new rules kind of worked a little bit. They didn't work completely. They haven't fixed all the problems. There's still this issue. I mean, I'm just. I mean, what blew me away was. The, the the once the Tatiana Maslany nomination happened, I was pretty much done for the day. I <laughs> went okay. I went okay. I don't know. Here, you want you want a great snub? You want to hear a wonderful snub? Have you seen Daredevil? Yes. They didn't get a stunts nomination. Yeah. What? I don't think they got a nomination, did they? No, they got they got three nominations, all technical, which is fine. They got best sound. They got best sound editing. Best Sound Editing in a Supporting Role. I have no idea what that means. And Best Main Title Sequence. They did not get Best Stunts, which I don't know how that... That's crazy. I don't know how... That is crazy. Nor did The Flash or Arrow. Like, I don't know how those don't get Best Stunts. But, oh, and here's another good one. There was one category that Jane the Virgin did get nominated in. Would you like to know what that category was? Please. Best Narrator. (laughs) There is a category I didn't know this category existed called best narrator and That's Jane the virgin got it.
0: Sorry, I was just going to jump in Meryl. just a little bit of uh, interesting Australian news. Main title design, Marvel's Daredevil Patrick Clare, who's the creative director for uh you know the people that made the the opening titles for Marvel's Daredevil. He's ex Hungry Beast. He's made a whole bunch of stuff and won an Emmy for The True Detective. Titles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so he's got form, and I reckon that would be amazing to see him pick it up second year. Sorry, please continue.
1: No, I'm, t- I'm pretty much done. But the, you know, those were the. There was nothing that truly shocked me except for the Tatiano, uh nomination. That one I was not expecting at all. When that happened, I was like, "Okay, good job. This Emmy is totally. This Emmy year is completely valid just for that reason." Now, is she going to take the win? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I have a feeling that the Academy voted her in. Because they didn't want to go a third year bad press where they're saying, "Well, how do you not nominate the best performance that's happening on TV right now?" Does she get yeah. the win? No idea. Does she get the nom? Yeah. So who knows? We'll find out in September when they. It's going to be day. a tough one because I mean, this
0: is the final season of Mad Men, the final season of Breaking Bad.
1: No, 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 uh-huh. no, 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 Breaking Bad. Won't oh, it's better fun. call Saul.
0: I've all got picked for. Them. My apologies.
1: Better call Saul won't win.
0: No, um, not against that. What, Sorry, I thought there was a great reason. Read me the
1: it. drama category. Dream me the drama again.
0: Better Call Saul, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones,
1: Homeland, House of Cards, Mad Men, Orange is the New Black. It's going to be Mad Men. For sure. It's, it's going to be Mad Men because Mad Men won four years in a row and then stopped winning. It went four years of Mad Men and then. D- John won- Hamm still hasn't won an Emmy. <clears throat> right. Well, he's not going to. He's not going to. Um, but what happened you was. Reckon? Hugh Laurie didn't win his. Hugh Laurie never won for House, so he's not the actor. The actor nominations don't. There's no pity for the actor wins. There is pity <laughs> what, for the shows. So for nominations his, for lead
0: actor: uh, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Kyle Chandler for Bloodline. I reckon he's got a real chance. Kevin Spacey for House of Cards. John Hamm for Mad Men. Jeff Daniels for The Newsroom. And Lee Schreiber for Ray Donovan, which I think that's the other step. That's the other pick.
1: Um, maybe John M. maybe has a bit of a chance, but I don't know if he has as much of a chance as probably Kevin Spacey or Jeff Daniels. Because also yeah. you, the news, there's no more newsroom. So Jeff. it's also Jeff Daniels' last chance to get a win too. Um, but he's already won. He's won once. Um, yes, he has. But uh, as for the shows, Mad Men's going to take it because Mad Men was winning four years in a row and then Homeland beat it and then Breaking Bad beat that twice. And now it's Homeland's last chance to win Emmy. They're going to give it to Homeland. They if you, if you have a hit show and it's your last season. To Mad Men, you made, not Homeland? Well, yeah. To, to Mad Men, they're going to give it to Mad Men. Mad Men's going to yep. take the win. As for now, the big question is who's going to win comedy. It's interesting because, and I'm going to end on this. So the what's interesting yes. about the best comedy category. Read the best comedy category.
0: Uh, Louis for FX, Modern Family for ABC. They've won a million in the past, just by the way, Uh, Parks and Rec, which is its final season for NBC, Silicon Valley, HBO, Transparent for Amazon, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Netflix, and Veep, HBO.
1: Now, Modern Family hasn't just won a billion. It's won consistently every year that it's been on. However, last year, they won the award without a single one of their actors winning and with now, with a single one of the actors, single one of the writers, single one of the directors winning an award, they still won best comedy overall. Yeah, which made no sense. This year, they are competing with Transparent. Transparent took the Golden Globe. Transparent has a lot of buzz. I think Modern Family is going to get knocked out this year. I think it's going to go Transparent. If it doesn't go Transparent, it's going to go to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Be, yeah. That would be my guess, but I don't see Modern Family winning again. Not unless they win actor, unless their actors win again, start winning again. I don't think I don't see them taking a best show win.
0: Well, in another interesting twist on that, there are no. Um, none of the cast are nominated in the outstanding lead actor or lead actress. They're not go supporting. Um, They're all supporting. They're they're all supporting. They're all, no, they're all,
1: all there's no, there's no, there's none of that. They're always supporting. They're never been, they have never been considered leads on the show. They're always when supporting roles. So
0: Ty Burrell's in for uh, supporting actor and
1: Julie Bowen is in for supporting actress. Right. They, they've never, they have never competed for lead actor and actress any of yep. them. Or oh, wasn't it last year or the
0: year before where some of the cast, one of the cast was nominated for lead and the, a couple of the others were nominated for supporting or something? It was. Kind I don't of remember messy. it ever
1: going that way. I remember them always winning for supporting. Like they were always competing. Like some, there were some years where you had multiple modern family cast members competing against each other for the supporting win.
0: Well, look, we could we could have a whole other podcast about the Emmys. I think that that's a, a reasonable enough <laughs> rounding out of uh, what has been an epic podcast Malk's TV Talk, the podcast. Meryl, thank you so much for your time. How can people find you and follow
1: and enjoy your content online? So the best way to follow me is through Twitter. And you can find that at twitter.com dot slash Meryl Barr M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R. I Uh I have two podcasts. One is called If you speaking of Tatiya Masani. If you enjoy Orphan Black, I have a podcast called Clone Club, an Orphan Black podcast. I do it with my good friend Perry Nemiroff, and that you can find that right on iTunes. So search Clone Club and Orphan Black podcast; that will come up right away. Um, the other podcast is called Artist Alley uh, for you Australians. Will Anderson, I dig is, that?
0: It's very good. Thank
1: you uh, for all you Australians. Will Anderson has done the show, and he was going. He we have just as as long as nothing hairy happens, we have just locked the date for him to return uh, for the show. Um, but he's done the show, so you can go listen to that. Steve Saunders. Steel Saunders. That's Steve. I've done that twice Steel, now. Yep. Steel Saunders has done the show. Um, for, so I'm trying to listen to the Australians. So those two have done it. Uh, if you're a fan of the dollop, Dave Anthony has done it with Will Anderson. Excellent. And Greg Barron has done it as well, as has Gareth, yeah, Ren- yeah. As has has Gareth Reynolds. Yeah, That was So uh, I've had most of the the core, tofop, fofop, basically just missing Charlie. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get Charlie. I also don't know any of Charlie's work. So <laughs> I don't have Home and Away in the States. So.
0: That's all right. Look if is you want to catch up on It is away. Very much. so. In fact, uh, this week he was due to run into a fire to save somebody, so he's still there at the moment. Okay. Um but Do you if you want it? to check it out Do you
1: watch Home and Away?
0: My wife does. I can't stand it. Okay. Um uh, but if you want to have a listen to a great chat with Charlie Clawson, a couple of episodes ago. I I did a a podcast with him and it's a great listen. There you go. Line it up. So that's good. So I can follow you on Twitter, Instagram, listen to your podcasts, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and
1: the Instagram is, just, again, Twitter. Tw- everything will run through Twitter. So just follow me on Twitter. You'll eventually get parsed out to everything else.
0: So such consistent branding, Merrill. I agree. <laughs> we are. Let's wrap it up. Thank you, Merrill, and thank you, everyone, for joining us this week on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mulks TV Talk, and find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favourite podcasting app, and please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Meryl Barr say... I still don't know what to say in this part of it. (laughs) Good night.